of the world The sound with the beat The sound that sets you tapping your feet Radio, the sound of year-round pleasure The sound of the news, rhythm and blues Tchaikovsky, swing, whatever you choose Radio, the sound of year-round pleasure Welcome to All Things Radio, your weekly radio magazine, with radio news from a national perspective, call-in and format changes, sports news, featured radio stations from yesterday and today, your voicemails and phone calls, as well as special guests and featured segments. And now here's your host, Bill Sparks. Educate, syncopate, radio communicate, radio, the sound of year-round pleasure. Well, hello and good evening and welcome to All Things Radio 570 on this February. WMCA and WSYR. Uh, and all kinds of KLAC, things. KLAC, yeah. KLIF in uh, Dallas. Yeah. Uh, the 570 in D.C. That's right. It goes yeah, on and on and on. On and on. Got a few. So, Jeff. You can yes. put a halt to this. What is going on? Well, hold on a second. Let me just turn the pages in the book here. Okay, let's start things off with our radio news from a national perspective. And after that, we're going to remember Rush Limbaugh, who passed away uh, two days ago from lung cancer. And, and, <clears throat> and we'll follow it up with Jennifer Sparks' call letter and format changes. And, Bill, you have an interesting feature. Tell us about your featured segment. We're going to be doing one on – we're going to feature a – Sports announcer, racetrack reporter by the name of Bob Jenkins, and I'll go into a little more more of that as we get started with that. Go ahead, Jeff, okay. and pick it up. Oh, all right, thank you. And in our, we're going to switch things up a little bit because I want some comments on an oldie station. It's uh, fourteen. It's WCNS AM from Latrobe, Pennsylvania. But I like the oldie stations. Not because, um, you know, all these stations pretty much sound alike, but I kind of like the approach they did for oldies. So we got WCNS in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. And finally, in our classic air check section, we're moving back to February of 1979, and we're going to hear Stoney Richards as heard on radio station WRQX-FM in Washington, D.C. Uh, the station was originally owned, was owned by Cumulus Media. They sold the station to the Educational Media Foundation. Now it's uh, K-Love uh, Contemporary Christian format. We, we talked about that when it happened. We, uh a little over a year ago. So all in all, we have a very busy program this week, and hopefully we can uh, get some nice discussion going and all that goes on with it. So go over to you, Bill. We do, we do. Anybody on the panel have anything to say before we get started? We're going to run these back-to-back, the the news and the small Rush Limbaugh special. Well, I want to give... A little shout-out to those of you that don't know here. Well, you've all heard in Texas we've had the power grid issues, and we've had, well, the longest period of below freezing temperatures that we've had in our history. We broke that record apparently today, the, broke the 19, and all 254 counties you know, below freezing, which some of you in the Northeast are like, ha-ha. It's kind of like when we laugh at all <laughs> when it's 80 or 90 degrees in the Northwest and the far Northeast, and you don't know what to do, but... You know, I get it. and But some of our stations here, and Monday and Tuesday especially, we, the cable was down and stuff, so we had to rely on radio. And especially our sports station, the Horn, 104.9 The Horn, and KLBJ. Now, KLBJ as a station as a whole did not, but their morning show, the guy just stepped in and said, you know, well, we're not going to do regular programming. There's people in trouble. There are people depending on us. He goes, 
I'm devoting my whole show, any features. And he goes, no, no, we're not running that. We're not, you know, he, he just kind of took over and he's like, if I get in trouble, hey, this is more important. But I got to give shout outs to them, at least for, for stepping up and saying, I mean, nothing like hearing the voice of the Longhorns interview a plumber, you know, on how to handle plumbing and frozen pipes. That's kind of interesting. I said, all the coaches he's interviewed, would he ever thought he'd have to enter, have to right. interviewing a plumber? But, there you know, you anyway, go. They got, I mean, in this case, it did its job. It did its job, so i got to give him credit, give a little bit of credit there. Good. Well, there well, you go. As far as I did not listen to any radio at all during this uh, situation. And be um, happy that you had yeah. radio because in San Antonio, Texas, yeah. I read an article that said that their yeah. radio stations really affected a lot of them yeah. were off the air. So uh, yeah. we lost the a bunch Alpha of media. them here in Austin. Yeah. Okay, no, Garrett, what are we going to say? In Austin too. Oh, sorry. I was, I was just going to say that this is the first weather event that, I, that radio played no part of it for me. I was using yeah. stuff on my well, phone. Well, why don't we do this? Yeah, we why, lost- don't we get the, why don't we get the radio news and we can start talking about some of this as well, okay? Okay. All right, remember, guys, are going to run back-to-back. I'm Jeff Bennett for All Things Radio, and here's what's happening in the world of broadcasting. Beasley Media reports its fourth-quarter revenue results. Folks living in Los Angeles, California, will notice changes at radio station KLOS-FM. Finally, we'll let you know what's happening on the street. It was yet another busy week this week in the world of broadcasting, and Beasley Media makes news. Revenue results for major radio groups are slow in coming in, probably because of the pandemic. But Beasley Media is one of the first radio companies to report their fourth-quarter revenue results. In the third quarter of 2020, Beasley Media reported a 25% drop of revenue revenue. However, in the fourth quarter, Beasley Media reports that their revenue was only down 5%. Caroline Beasley, CEO of the company, says that media revenue is beginning to bounce back to normal. We'll let you know about how other major radio groups report their fourth quarter revenue results as soon as they're provided to us. In other news, folks living in Los Angeles, California will notice changes at radio station KLOS-FM with the addition of Kevin Ryder to the afternoon drive schedule. Kevin Ryder will be teamed with Doug Slugger-Roberts, who currently holds down the afternoon drive slot for this radio station. You might remember that Kevin Ryder hosted Mornings with Dean Bean Baxter in the Kevin and Bean Morning Show, which aired on KROQFM from 1989 until 2020. However, when Dean Baxter decided to retire and move to England, Kevin Ryder took on the show in a solo mode. However, the show was not very successful, and he was let go this past March of 2020. Well, now he's back on the air in Los Angeles, California, and of course, we'll provide you with an air check of his afternoon drive show in a future All Things Radio live broadcast. Now it's time to take a quick look and find out what's happening on the street. In Columbia, South Carolina, iHeartMedia is adding another affiliate for its Black Information Network on a translator that transmits on a frequency of 105.5. The translator will be using the facilities of radio station WXBT-FM's HD2 subchannel. A new syndicated country radio show is about to hit the airwaves syndicated by Compass Media. The show is called Y'all Access, and it's hosted by Kelly Sutton, and the show will be featuring interviews with country artists and country music. Entercom also makes news this week as well, and has appointed a new vice president of sports. His name is Matthew Volk, and he'll be in charge of all sports programming on Entercom, owned and operated radio stations as well as integrating sports betting into the schedules of these radio stations as well. Matthew Volk comes to Intercom after working for NBC Sports in Washington, D.C. In other related news, the Vegas Stats Information Network has hired its first program director. His name is John Goulet, and he comes to the Vegas Stats Information Network after working at Fox Sports Radio as an executive producer for the Colin Cowherd Show. Folks living in Colorado Springs, Colorado will be seeing a new hybrid talk adult contemporary formatted radio station. The station is KPBF, and they transmit on a frequency of 1040 with 
two FM translators, one on 95.7 and the other on 98.5. Folks living in Waco, Texas, will be hearing a new oldies radio station of 101.3 via an FM translator. The station is calling themselves Hits 101.3 with a classic hits format. Unfortunately, this radio station doesn't broadcast on the internet as yet, but when it does, we'll provide you with an air check of this radio station in a future All Things Radio live broadcast. In other news, EMF has acquired two more radio stations for its K-Love Christian format. The stations are located in Cincinnati, Ohio, and Lexington, Kentucky. The stations are 104.3 WNLT serving Cincinnati, Ohio, and 95.3 WVRB serving Lexington, Kentucky. These stations were originally broadcasting the K-Love format as affiliates, but now they'll be owned and operated by the Educational Media Foundation, owners of EMF Broadcasting, and the K-Love and Air One Christian formats. Congratulations go out to John Beck, who's the new market manager for iHeartMedia in St. Louis, Missouri. Before working for iHeartMedia, John Beck worked for MS Broadcasting, where they own radio stations in St. Louis, Missouri. Folks living in Jacksonville, Florida will notice changes to the radio landscape at radio station WAPE as Mark K is leaving his morning show position for the radio station. Mark K had been doing double duty for the last few years, doing mornings at radio station WAPE-FM and also doing talk at radio station WOKV-FM. Well, that's all going to change as Mark K is leaving his morning show position at WAPE-FM and exclusively doing talk radio at radio station WOKV-FM. In Greenfield, Massachusetts, Saga is making changes on a translator that transmits on a frequency of 107.5. The translator will now be broadcasting a soft adult contemporary format using the facilities of radio station WPVQ's HD2 subchannel. In other news, JVC Media is making changes to the radio landscape in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. With the purchase of radio station WZLB-FM, say so long to the classic rock, replaced with the male-oriented man-talk format. We talked about this story in last week's All Things Radio Live broadcast. The UK's largest radio owner is taking an 8.8 stake in iHeartMedia. The company is called Honeycomb Investments LTD, and they own the following radio stations that you might be familiar with in the United Kingdom. These stations include Capital, Heart, LBC, Classic FM, and Smooth FM, just to name a few. Folks living in Chicago, Illinois, already know that WGN-AM doesn't have syndicated programming. Well, they will now, because WGN-AM has added the syndicated Jimbo Hannon show. The Jimbo Hannon show will also air on radio station KOMO-AM in Seattle, Washington, as well. Finally, according to those media monitors, here are the top commercials you heard on the radio this past week. Number one is Progressive Insurance, followed by the Center for Disease Control, indeed the employment recruiting firm, Bank of America, and Macy's. If you have any comments concerning this portion of the podcast, there are many ways you can get in touch with me. First of all, you can send me an email. My email address is Jeff. That's J-E-F-F Jeff at allthingsradio.net or you can send me a voicemail with our feedback line. The phone number is 800-693-0595 That's 800-693-0595 and hit option 2 for the podcast team. For All Things Radio, I'm Jeff Bennett. Freedom is killed off by people claiming that the greater good or the general will or the betterment of the community requires speech patrol. Rush Limbaugh called himself America's anchorman and a doctor of democracy. He was a conservative on-air personality whose bombastic presence made his radio show one of the most popular in history. He said a number of things that people didn't say on the airwaves but might have said in the dark of night in the privacy of their homes. And what was refreshing to his audience was the idea that someone was saying these things out loud. The Rush Limbaugh show became nationally syndicated in 1988 and is often credited with saving AM radio and leading Republican politics into a new era. 
talk is cheap and that's what rush limbaugh really brings to the airwaves uh, a three-hour talk radio program in which it's basically him talking into a microphone limbaugh was known for his controversial statements be them about politics women or minorities his relentless bashing of liberals helped shape a generation of conservative politicians i think rush is a once in a generation phenomenon it's a combination of smarts personality and extremism you've also been called arrogant and pompous well <laughs> i call it confidence and you can certainly argue with the things he said as to whether you agree with them or whether they were proper for public consumption he once said michael j fox was exaggerating his parkinson's disease he is moving all around and shaking and it's purely an act he pushed the baseless birther conspiracy theory about Barack Obama. He made race-related comments about then-Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Donovan McNabb. I, I'm sorry to say this. I don't think he's been that good from the get-go. I think what we've had here is a little social concern in the NFL. I think the media has been very desirous that a black quarterback do well. Which ultimately forced Limbaugh's resignation as a commentator on ESPN's Sunday NFL Countdown. In 2015, Limbaugh attacked Georgetown University law student Sandra Fluke. Congressional Democrats had invited her to speak in support of contraceptive coverage mandates for health insurance companies. Without insurance coverage, contraception, as you know, can cost a woman over $3,000 during law school. For a lot of students who, like me, are on public interest scholarships, that's practically an entire summer's salary. Limbaugh degraded her on his show. It makes her a slut, right? a prostitute. She wants to be paid to have sex. Republicans and Democrats condemned his comments. All decent folks can agree uh, that the remarks that were made uh, don't have any place in the public discourse. And he was dropped by some of his advertisers. That she is Limbaugh later apologized, but maintained that he was unfairly criticized. The apology to her over the weekend was sincere. The audience never really abandoned him. Uh, I'm sure some disapproved, but most thought that was part of the Rush Limbaugh shtick. Limbaugh had notable influence in the Republican Party. His millions of listeners were mostly conservative. Before Trump's presidency, Limbaugh was known for holding conservative elected officials to hard lines on issues such as immigration, government spending, and denial of global warming. Despite not initially endorsing Trump in the 2016 primary, he later fully embraced him as the future of the Republican Party. We are all in for President Trump because he is all in for us. Trump surprised Limbaugh at his 2020 State of the Union address and awarded him the Medal of Freedom, the highest civilian honor. In recognition of all that you have done for our nation, the millions of people a day that you speak to and that you inspire and all of the incredible work that you have done for charity. I am proud to announce tonight that you will be receiving our country's highest civilian honor, the Presidential Medal of Freedom. This came days after Limbaugh announced his stage four lung cancer diagnosis. Lung cancer wasn't Limbaugh's first health-related battle. 
In 2001, he went deaf from an autoimmune disease, and for months, he continued on air with the help of his staff and a teleprompter. He ultimately received a cochlear implant. I'm, I'm 100% deaf, and I can only hear bionically with these. Limbaugh also had bouts of addiction to pain medication and later went to rehab. He told his listeners about his lung cancer in February 2020. But the upshot is that I have been diagnosed with advanced lung cancer. He had signed a four-year extension of his radio show just a month earlier. He will be remembered as a giant of his field, as the man who saved an entire medium. And people will argue over his legacy, over his politics, certainly, but there's no denying that his personality was something that few people could project on the air and attract an audience as large as the one he did. go jeff have at it well i i will tell you one thing about rush there was only one rush limbaugh and, and as i was certainly not a person who would agree with his views on and i certainly am not that conservative but i will tell you as a top 40 announcer you couldn't ask for a better announcer he was great i got to hear air checks of him from mckeesport pennsylvania and pittsburgh pennsylvania as a matter of fact next week we'll do an air check of him from when he worked at W-I-X-Z-A-M in McKeesport, Pennsylvania. And you'll, and you'll see a totally different uh, Rush Limbaugh from 1971. And uh, he sounds a lot different than he, did, than he does today, of course, because it was 50 years ago. But he was very good. At, uh, I mean, he was good at what he did. Whatever and he did, he was good at it. That's how I can I, say it. Whether you agree with yeah. him or you don't agree with him, he, de- right. he certainly was good at what he, what he projected. And he had, a, he had a, a following. And he was one of the original talk show hosts who had that eib network and if you wanted to get his podcast you had to pay for it and subscribe to it so i mean he he he, he knew how to make money i understand that when he that um not, since his passing passing they said his net worth was 600 million 600 and, million dollars wow that's uh, i understand also now most they explain how most shows when they're syndicated you do like a trade-off and you get so many commercials but he you the non-iheart stations had to pay like half a million yeah they had to pay a huge amount of money to get it yeah yeah i don't think that near the end though they had to pay that kind of money for his show at that point because yeah. he was losing affiliates see yeah and his ratings have been dropping the last few years yeah so. yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens to conservative talk anyway i was saying to these guys before the show that if you look at, okay, if you say that, let's look at it the, the way we see now, about 30% of the folks still support Trump. And let's say that's the basic conservative base, you know, something like that. Then the rest of the country is conservative moderates, liberal moderates, and then liberals are way to the left. So if you look at it on a national basis, NPR beats all these nationally syndicated shows because we see in the ratings that NPR, which has a liberal uh, lilt to it or tilt to it, we always sit here and we, we compare apples to, to oranges and we say, well, none of the syndicated liberal shows ever do very well. Well, that's right. But now without Rush, I mean, maybe Sean Hannity, Glenn Beck will do OK. But without Rush, I don't know that the the syndicated conservative shows are going to do all that well either. Well, that's Bernie, you know, you, you've been in radio for a long time and you've heard lots of talk shows. What is your spin on Rush Limbaugh? 
Well, first of all, uh, the NPR thing, and, and you've noticed it because you do the ratings every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of NPR stations are doing much better now than they used to. And I think part of the reason for that is the meters as opposed mm-hmm. to the diaries. Uh, because they actually measure what people. You don't want to admit you're that to. educated and <laughs> listening to that stuff. I guess with the diary. We do have a hand raised from area code five one three. Can you unmute yourself, please? It's That'd be Cincinnati, Ohio, as the song says. Yeah, go ahead, please. Oh, hi. This is JT in Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. Hi. Uh, your view of uh, liberal versus conservative in broadcasting is a little myopic. You have to consider the TV side of it with. Uh, uh, Fox and uh, Newsmax going up against CNN and MSNBC. Right, but we're talking about radio, so we're saying where where is conservative talk going on the radio? I mean, yeah, yeah. there's there's guys on Newsmax and, and Fox that are doing well, and and CNN. I know MSNBC's gaining on CNN and and all that. So, but and and we get that, and then and we're saying you know if you compare the syndicated liberalness of NPR to the syndicated conservative uh, shows that are on AM, you know, I, the NPR beats them and we're just, we're doing all things radio. So that's why we're talking about that. But you're right on TV. There's certainly a conservative uh, presence on TV. I'll grant you we're talking about radio, but I don't think NPR has uh, the overwhelming ratings that you think it does. It's, I think it does, and I think it does because – Listen to Jeff's ratings. Listen if you, Jeff's if you listen to my ratings every week, and now I'm not saying that every market, but if you take a market like San Francisco, which is very liberal, and Washington, D.C., those two San markets, Diego, of all places. San Diego. San Diego has, it's always has, up there. Yeah, Austin it does. Well, New York, uh, certain Boston it does. You know, certain places that NPR does. Yeah, very, it's split here. That's very, why it doesn't do as well and, so sir, it, thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much for your uh, for your input. I appreciate that. I, Bill, I can you finish my... Well, you are finished. Okay, you are finished for now. Thank you. Can I do what, Jeff? What's that? Uh, Bill had his hand raised, and I lowered okay. it by mistake. Can you go ahead, Bill, out in Chicago, please? <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Bill. Yeah, in Chicago. I was just gonna. Uh, what I was gonna say, uh, <clears throat> roughly, I didn't care much for Rush Limbaugh. I used to listen to him on um, here in Chicago. I know I just didn't didn't care for. Him. I remember when he was way back on uh, WBEZ, the um, public radio station here, way back when he first started. He was on mm. here for a while, and then he went off to network and that. But what I was going to say, uh, whoever the guy is, I don't know what member his name now. The one in Austin, Texas. I was just going to come on and say, let's don't forget the people down there in Texas. They're really suffering. I have a nephew down there. I have cousins down there. I have a nephew lives just outside of Houston. And yeah. he was smart enough to have a generator because he's been through a couple of hurricanes and lived all oh. his life there. But yeah, well, neighbors, yeah, neighbors, next, yeah, neighbors next door, the kids were actually ice skating in their hardwood floors in the living room. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. They were actually well, sliding around. Yeah, the- well, yeah, we we appreciate that. Yeah, we both right. We so both appreciate that. Remember that it's not a, it's not a joke to those people down there. There's people dying with that stuff down there. No, yeah. there are and there the are people dying down here. With- yeah, you know, the hospitals yes. are running short of water, and they're saying, boil your water. How are you going to boil it if you don't have power? Yeah, how are you going to boil it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we, we, we get yeah. it. We get it, Bill. Okay. Hey, Bill, yeah. we have One two more hands. Gonna... We, we have two more. Go ahead, okay, Sean. We have two more hands raised, so I'm gonna, I want to get to them as well. But go ahead, Sean. Yeah, I was just going to, before I got dropped, I was going to ask, I wonder, you know, talk radio when it was dying in 88 or in the late 80s when he came along. If he hadn't, I wonder where, I mean, we've had this discussion about AM dying now. I wonder where AM radio would have gone or how, where, if talk radio would have even 
Well, I don't think I don't think that talk radio would have disappeared. What he did was he was he took talk radio, which was very kind of blah at that time, and broadened the base of talk radio by putting the conservative bent into the the talk radio. And and the only problem is. Oh, go ahead. And the only, I mean, we I, had the liberal talk radio that never did well, but it never had it never no. had the high profile they didn't have radio host. people. That's it. They yeah, didn't, they didn't have radio thing. people. The thing and is, the local up, up until 88, of course, there was he started the real. I mean, yeah, you had Larry King and you had, uh, you know, Jess, Sally, Sally, Jesse Raphael, but you weren't doing a lot of political stuff on. He got political talk syndicated. And, and it was conservative political talk in you the know. daytime. In the daytime, you didn't yeah, see daytime syndicated because all the talk. the other stuff was informational or psychologists or whoever. So he really yeah. was a pioneer in in doing yeah. that. And and then you had Sean, you know, Sean Hannity was called Rush Light and all that. So, but what I'm what I'm thinking is that I think you know, and if you had the fairness doctrine and things like that, I think there's plenty of room for for moderate talk. You know, people who are somewhat yeah. conservative and somewhat liberal, and 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 going back and forth and things like that. Well, That's Hannity what and we Co- need. When Hannity and Hannity and, Combs, Hannity and Combs. I mean, going back to yeah. TV, it worked. I mean, they they worked on TV, and I think yeah. they worked on radio. And I think it's ironic though that him and Howard Stern, same. I think I got dropped before I said that, but him and Howard Stern, same birthday, same date, same year, and they both. No, no. Howard was born in '54, and Rush was born. Yeah, in yeah, fifty-one. Okay, okay. okay. we, have, we, have, we, we do have two. We have two more hands to go. We got, yeah. got area code four four zero. I know. I know. I know that you're on the coffee club yesterday, and I forgot your name. It's so Al. Please it's unmute. Al. Yeah. Alan Cleveland. Go ahead. Please unmute yourself. Star six with the yeah. touchstone phone. Am I on the air? Yes, yeah. you are. Yeah. Okay. Good. I just want to make sure. Good evening. My first time caller. Long, long line. Long, long time listener. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Okay. And hello to Bernie. How you been, Bernie? Good to hear you. Great. Good, good. Actually, you uh, have called All Things Radio before, Al, Yeah, so. yeah, you have, Al. Yeah. Anyway, you left a uh, message. Yeah, anyway, go, go, yeah, go ahead. Listen, I, I started listening to Rush uh, January 2nd, 1989. Mm-hmm. He started in Cleveland on a station called WERE 1300. Oh, yeah. And he lasted there about two years. And in 1991, I believe it was, he went to TAM. At mm-hmm. that time, it was 3WE. And he stayed there all the way till now. Well, and what did you think of him? Did you like did you like Rush Al? What what was your opinion uh-huh. of him? On, off and on. I mean some stuff I agree with, some I disagree with and but he was an interesting you know, guy to listen to and, and uh it's somehow I was wondering how he got away with uh, criticizing and get away with stuff without being fired. <laughs> a lot of stuff you say on the local uh Areas there, you get fired for saying stuff like that, maybe. Well, he, he lost that. Oh, he, 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 he wasn't employed. If he'd been at one radio station, you know, as happened to, uh, you know, and even look at Imus with yeah. the Rutgers basketball team, I mean, he got fired, and then they got him back on ABC. But that can happen if you're smaller. But he was too big to totally fail. He lost affiliates with this, that, and the other, starting in the early 2000s. But he, he was kind of too big, to like the airlines, kind of too big to fail or the, the big financial companies. I, 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 I think the biggest problem with Rush that he had was in 2015 when he did that Sandra Fluke thing, and I think that right. was the problem for him at that time. And and that's what that's the only thing I could say. And I want to Al, I want to thank you for uh, for coming in, Pam Drake. Can you unmute yourself? You're next on uh, on on All Things yes, Radio indeed. Live. Yes, Hello, guys. Hey, hello. Hey. hey. Uh, you know, I'm remembering back to well, first of all, first time I ever heard Rush. I didn't know who he was, but he was a guest host on one of the TV shows. And it was right in the middle of a very uh, uh, difficult, I think it was about AIDS. Anyway, they literally had to clear the studio 
because people were jumping up yelling, he wants this, this man wants people to die. And this just yeah. went nuts. And mm-hmm. then, but what I really remembered that really struck me as to, you know, he did an interview, I believe it was uh, in 90, with uh, Clarence Frogman Henry. And I forget what the illness was, but you saw a different side of him. Uh-huh. I mean, he's just, he was just, you know, we're pulling well, for you. We love you. He truly, you saw a different side. Well, of course, of, he used it on his home. Tender. He used, ain't got a home on his homeless updates. So that was yeah, the connection like, oh. between them. Oh, wow. and, and, and also, you have to Okay, and you also have to understand, Pam, that he was, he came from the era of Top 40 Radio. Right. So when you yeah. listen to Rush yeah. Limbaugh, you, you know that he that he's into the music, and he, and, and he loved uh, oldies. Yeah, he grew up with all the oldies like we did, yeah. And he's a radio. And he had, he had yeah, and he had Elton John perform at his last wedding. That's right. He, he took criticism for it because he said, hey, this guy's political. And then Elton John took criticism for it. Elton goes, hey, Rush and I... We don't discuss politics, but we're friends. Yeah, that's fine. That's it, and you could no, really tell that he was a friend of. Uh, yeah, he got paid. Henry. That's the key thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did get paid, but they, but they, uh, they did have a friendship or somewhat of a friendship. Yeah. But he, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he but did get paid. But by, by the way, another guy, in, in many respects, a lot like Rush Limbaugh in so many ways, was also a top forty radio announcer uh, out in California, Morton Downey Jr. If Morton Downey oh, Jr. hadn't man. died of lung cancer. I guarantee you that he would have and 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 decided to do talk radio on on, on AM. Um, he died before his time. He would have been probably just as yeah. successful as Rush Limbaugh. I guarantee you that. I loved his TV show. I did too. <laughs> that was I great. got to, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm breaking the format a little bit by, by kind of diverting here in a sense. But I got to see him live when he did a presentation at the Palace Theater in Albany, New York, with his conservative talk, and he would take a local issue and talk about it. And he had he had a whole theater full of people who loved his show. We used to watch his show every night on uh, on Channel Nine because we could get Channel Nine from New York yeah. on the cable. This is before it was syndicated. And my friend Bill, uh, who passed away, a guy that I used to talk to on Ham Radio, we'd talk about the show on the radio back and forth with each other as we were watching the Morton Downey show every every night. And, and if the I remember mouth. correctly, Hold on a second, he also, if I remember correctly, he also said that. Uh, some of the things he would get off the air and cry because some of the things he had said, Morton Downey Jr. This is were so extreme uh, that he really, you know, it was part of the shtick of some in some sort of interview. Yeah. And, said, and, yeah. and, and another conservative talker, and and most people don't know who he is, but he did a TV show, but he also did a syndicated radio show. Was was Harry was Larry, oh, Harry Pine? But what was his name? Um, Joe, Joe Pine. Pine. Joe, Joe Pine. Pine. That's Joe it. Pine. Joe Pine. Oh, geez. And Joe that's Pine. Yeah, I mean, that's way back. I mean, they used to send back. tapes around. You know, you get you. It, there was no uh, live talk, so they'd send tapes to the radio stations. Right, and but he had a TV show it. as well, and um, he yeah. was a very conservative individual. I think he lost he lost his leg in the, in World War Two, and um, he died of cancer back in I think 1966, maybe a little earlier than that. But he was a very conservative talk show host. Who, uh, who understood the, uh, I mean, so there were conservative talkers. Alan Burke was another one who was uh, fairly conservative, right. if I remember correctly. He had a TV show. And, and Pam, you're from Florida, so you might remember when he worked in radio in Florida. So uh, you might remember Alan Burke. So, well, okay, yeah. thank you very much, Pam. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you. Okay. Okay. David Paul, that's the other one in WSB. That guy was. <laughs> okay, Jeff, are we ready? I oh. think we're ready for Jennifer's call letter and format changes, guys. Okay. Yeah, I think we are. 
Hello everyone, I'm Jennifer Sparks and here are your call letter and format changes for the week of February 18th. KDWB FM 101.3 Richfield, Minnesota changes slogan from today's hit music to KDWB 101.3 KFXN FM 100.3 Minneapolis, Minnesota changes slogan from the fan to KFAN Sports Radio FM 100.3 KTCZ FM 97.1 Minneapolis, Minnesota changes slogan from Minneapolis Cities 97 Uniquely Twin Cities to Cities 97.1 KTBZ Z 1430 Tulsa, Oklahoma changes slogan from the buzz to AM 1430 the buzz WGY 810 Schenectady, New York changes slogan from 810 WGY to WGY News Radio 810 and 103.1 WGY FM 103.1 Albany, New York changes slogan from 810 WGY to WGY News Radio 810 and 103.1. WKY 930 Oklahoma City, Oklahoma changes format from Spanish sports to sports and adds a network provider ESPN Radio Network and changes the slogan from 930 AM WKY Deportes to the sports animal. WUSW FM 92.7 Taylorville, Illinois changes calls to WMAY FM. WPLW AM 570 Raleigh, North Carolina changes calls to WQDR AM. WTCQ 97.7 Vidalia, Georgia changes slogan from your favorite Q98 to classic hits 98Q KMTG 89.3 San Jose, California changes format from variety to modern alternative rock KSAR 92.3 Thayer, Missouri changes slogan from hometown radio to KSAR 92.3 FM WJFN 820 Chester, Virginia changes slogan from This Is Not Your Father's Talk Station to WJFN 100.5 FM AM 820 and 92.7 FM WJFN 100.5 Goochland, Virginia changes slogan from News Talk 100.5 WJFN to WJFN 100.5 FM AM 820 and 92.7 FM WWOF 
FM 95.3, Dillsboro, North Carolina, changes calls to WWCU FM and changes format from format not available to variety. KFPS 88.1, False Pass, Alaska, changes primary format from new to variety and adds secondary format news talk and add secondary network provider public radio international kgbr 92.7 gold beach oregon changes format from hot ac to classic hits knxx 104.9 donaldsonville louisiana changes slogan from 104.5 espn radio to 104.5 espn baton rouge kres 104.7 mobile Missouri changes slogan from Superstation to 104.7 KRES. KWIX 1230 Moberly, Missouri changes a slogan from Information Radio to KWIX 92.5 FM 1230 AM. KWIX FM 92.5 Cairo, Missouri Changes slogan from Information Radio to KWIX 92.5 FM 12:30 AM. KZPR 105.3 Minot, North Dakota. Changes slogan from the Fox 105.3 Rocks to the Fox 105.3 FM. WAYZ 104.7 Hagerstown, Maryland. Changes slogan. From today's hottest country to 104.7 WAYZ, WJJY FM, 106.7 Brainerd, Minnesota, changes slogan from the best variety of the 80s, 90s, and today to WJJY, 106.7 WLIN. 1380 Waynesboro, Pennsylvania changes format from sports to talk. WNXX 104.5 Jackson, Louisiana changes slogan from 104.5 ESPN Radio to 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. And those are your call letter and format changes for this week. For all things radio, I'm Jennifer Sparks wishing all of you a good week. Thank you very much, Jennifer. No sign-offs. Hey, about that? No, this wow. is the first this week. It's yeah. interesting that Oklahoma City has six sports stations. They've got four on AM and two on FM. Wow. And they only have wow. one major league team. So I don't know how those all are supported. It's, you know, what I love and they get, well, and they get, yeah. Syndication. And I will do Jennifer had a... She said she was so worried when she when she talked to me on the coffee club before the coffee club. She was so worried because she she had some difficulties getting it all together, and and she said, "I know I made some mistakes." I just said, "Jennifer, you did a very good job. There was no problem. Everything worked out okay, and you it and, and, and it did very well." I say, give her a pay raise. Yeah, I, I see. Bill, we, all, I, yeah, that, we all want pay raises, but I asked for Bill for pay raise. The only raise he told me I was getting was going to get was the right was the height of my chair. Like we always said the nothing from nothing leaves nothing. The only thing I can do is let Jennifer beat me in dice world. That's the only thing I can do. Right. 
And, so, and, and we got another of, 570 station from um, Raleigh. Uh, we didn't yeah. uh, mention that one but, so for our 570 show the, today. Yeah, but those sports stations in Oklahoma City aren't three of them owned by the, the 640, 930, uh, and the 981 Sports Center. Those are all, yeah, they're all owned by uh, so iHeart. I mean, a Cumulus, I should say. Those those four. Yeah, the they run the Oklahoma Sooners, Sooners uh, Network. And, and uh, that 640 was sports way back, even into the 80s. They were predominantly sports. Yeah. You know, we, we, you know what's funny? We talk about all the layoffs in radio and everything going on, but in Canada, boy, are they really? There's a company, and it's more prevalent in Canada in a sense because this company, and I talked talk about this before, is Bell Media, and they own CFRB, and they own CA, they own um, they own CFRB, they own CHAAD in Montreal, CFRB is in Toronto, they own stations in Vancouver, British Columbia, Edmonton, Alberta, but they own TV stations, and I didn't realize just how big the layoffs were because we talk about the radio but I happened to read an article and man they decimated TV newsrooms and and consolidated news in some of the TV markets that you just can't believe what's, what was going wow. on north of the border so uh, you know we think we have it bad here but boy that company really decimated their employees so I don't know what to say but I guess uh, they had more of a lockdown up there I guess but I, we do just to throw in a quick sports note just we have four divisions in hockey. One is all Canadian this year. They've all been switched around. The only division that has not lost any games to the virus is the Canadian division, and the yep. other divisions have lost games. So you you figure whatever they did health wise has worked better. And and of course, in, what is it they say? Well, we're the worst uh, civil in the civilized world in how we've handled this, or right there with India or something. But Canada did a good job on that. But it, but it created a lot of lock, locking down and really messed up the economy, of course. But uh, what? there you go. Well, I think that's what Bell Media said is, look, we've, we've, we've had problems with advertising. We have problems with the economy. And the only reason that the layoffs came after the holidays is because the, there was some federal subsidies of, of, for people, for these businesses and these companies to keep their employees going. But those subsidies were coming to an end. And yeah. unfortunately, it, they had to make they, – they, this is what they said, that they had to make the cutbacks. But it is unfortunately sad to see this happening. All right, and guys. you hope that the radio stations will be able, some radio stations that are on a shoestring will be able to hang on, get some uh, loans, you know, coming up for or whatever from the stimulus in the next month or two, and uh, maybe that will help stabilize some radio stations. We, we can only hope. Now, you guys, I want to, of course, the jury is out on this one. But, uh, we've got an oldie station coming up, and, uh, you know, I never know oh. because when it's always, I always seem to like the underdogs. For some well, yeah. Aren't we doing okay. Bob Jenkins? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, yes, Bob yes. Jenkins. I'm sorry. Don't worry. Bill, don't change anything. Hey, I do this. On Tuesday nights, I get mixed up, too. I, I get to yeah. ready to move on to something we're not yeah. ready for, too. Yeah. So I do it, too. I'm yeah, sorry. He always wants to move on to the desk on my poll question. Yeah, no, yeah. no. I love the desk. I'm sorry they're, they're about that. Cool. <laughs> I'm sorry about that, Bill. Don't, don't, don't get too. We'll give it over to you, Bill. I'm going to ask for a little bit of Bernie's help on this one. I'm going to feature this week, Bernie, uh, a guy that you may know personally. Maybe you don't. I don't know. He was a longtime broadcaster in radio in Indianapolis, and that's Bob Jenkins. Do you remember yeah, absolutely. from his Wire days? On oh, w- yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's done news forever. Right. He's paid his dues. And what we're going to do, Bernie, is feature him in an interview this week. He announced, well, he's going to talk about it here, that he has brain cancer. And you know, yeah. unfortunately, what what that's like. But 
Bob is one of those guys, you know, we had on here before Donald Davidson. Bob has been the 500. I mean, he wasn't named the voice of the 500 until 1990. But it, then he did that for several years. And I think the only reason he stopped, because he was doing so much work with ESPN and NASCAR and IndyCar. And, you know, had to make a living. But he came there and just would do anything. And then he ended his career as being a PA announcer for... Exactly. He did PA at the track. Right. So do you have any yeah. memories of Bob Jenkins? I mean, well... well I just I just remember mainly from the the Indy 500, and I, of course I I heard him you know doing stuff before that. Uh, I never met him though. Never met him. Never met yeah. Well, he loved oldies, and he always worked on that Brownsburg Internet station. I don't know if it's on yeah, well, actually it's a low power station. Now it is, uh, yeah. But it started out as an internet station. Way back before it was a low power station. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it and this guy, you know, just likes radio, and so anyway, Bob would do a fifty show on this station. But you want to hear his interview? He doesn't think he's anybody special or whatever, and the guy does a pretty good job. He's actually runs the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, Doug Bowles. So I, I'm I'm just going to show you what this guy has given to radio and what he's meant to a community and the racing world. So here we go. Indianapolis Motor Speedway fans, Doug Bowles here with you again. As you know, we just started our Behind the Bricks series just this year. We've got two episodes that you can check out. Please check those out on our channels. I think you'll enjoy them. But today, it's our first special edition of Behind the Bricks. We wanted to spend a few minutes and talk with a voice that all of you will know, a face that you will know as well, and one that's helped many of us fall in love and continue to increase our passion for the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It's none other than Bob Jenkins. Bob, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure. And I didn't need the uh, special edition to identify me because I am nobody special. You know what I tell people often uh, when they ask me how this whole thing of my career came together? I tell them, you know, I don't know because I have only been a race fan who got lucky. And I think that's what I will have on my tombstone because it's true. I I was a race fan for many, many years before my career came about, but I have the same uh, passion for auto racing and especially the Indianapolis Motor Speedway that I had when I was growing up. It's always a thrill to come to this place and to visit the museum and especially see the activity on the racetrack. Well, I think that's one of the reasons that you've connected so well with fans over your career is because they could hear and feel the passion and the love for the event that, that you have. And it, 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 you could see it, you could feel it, and it made people think, wow, Bob Jenkins is just like me. He loves this, uh, but he's telling the story. And you, and you painted the picture so well. Why don't we back up a little bit? And, and do you remember your first memories of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and how you fell in love with it? 
Um, well, I fell in love with it back in my hometown of Liberty, Indiana, which is uh, a town of 1800 in East Central Indiana. But I would see pictures of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. My brother was six years older than I, and he became a race fan and kept telling me about this place called the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So that's how I first learned of it. And then in 1958, my dad and I drove to downtown uh, Indianapolis and uh, came uh, out to the Speedway for qualifying, not race. My first race was in 1960, and again, we drove to downtown Indianapolis and rode the train out to the Speedway. But I was in Grandstand C for the 1960 Indianapolis 500, and that was, at the time, one of the closest finishes. Uh, we were in Grandstand C, and it was a great battle between uh, Jim Rathman and Roger Ward. And me being only about that high, I would stand up on my uh, green chair every lap that was made, and I'd look toward, toward turn number four to see if Rathman or Ward was leading that particular lap. But, oh, there, I, I just more than fell in love with the Indianapolis Motor Speedway after seeing my first race in 1960. I have missed only two since that time. In 1961, I didn't come because nobody would bring me here. I should have put an ad in the paper, shouldn't I? <laughs> uh, and I missed also 1965 because I was on my senior trip in Washington, D.C. Now, while other people left the bus to tour the Washington Monument and other things in Washington, D.C., I remained on the bus with a transistor radio to my ear, listening to the Indianapolis 500 in 1965. So I go back that far as far as my personal history is here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. But uh, as I said before, every time I get close to this place, even driving by it, there's just something that, that goes off inside of me saying, you know, there are millions of people around the world that wish they could be here with me and just see the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And I can't tell you how, again, lucky I have been to have work here since 1979 and to look forward every year to the next Indianapolis 500 mile race. So you're on that senior trip in 1965. You're listening to the race. You, you get to call your first race in 1979 from the backstretch on the radio network. How do you get from 65 listening on the radio to being on the radio network 14 years later? I wish somebody would tell me why that happened. I don't know. I really don't. It just happened with uh, people uh, listening to what I had done and just getting to move up the ladder, so to speak. In uh, 1979, when I joined the radio network, I have a lot of people to thank f for that. Paul Page, certainly, who arranged my appearance on the Indianapolis Motor Speedway radio network. And even before that, Doug Zink, who was announcing on the radio network, but he and I worked at the same radio station, WIRE, and so he was also influential in getting me a spot on the IMS radio network. I remember walking from what would now be the Pagoda Plaza to my position on the backstretch, and I'm saying to myself, 
wait a minute, am I really supposed to be here? I'm about to be on the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network and being heard by millions and millions of people around the world, and not only that, but get to witness live the greatest spectacle in racing. So from that beginning on the radio, your career really starts to blossom. Yes. You get an opportunity uh, to start doing television, yep. covering racing on TV. Not, not, you're not yet the voice of the Indianapolis 500, but you, become, you start to become the voice of motorsport across all different platforms. Talk a little bit about some of those early days in TV, yep. what that was like, and, and how fun that was. And also, was it a hard transition from radio to television? I've, I never found it difficult. A lot of people will ask me, which is more difficult, radio or TV, and uh, most people people will say television is easier because essentially what you're doing is just talking about what's on the monitor. But for me, I found it extremely difficult, and one of those difficult races uh, was in 1992 when we had uh, the closest finish in history and besides that it was not a very pleasant day weather-wise <laughs> <laughs> now that that uh, that 92 race was a really really cold day for sure but that is that that call that you made those last few hundreds yard hundred of yards is one of the most iconic calls it still gives race fans goosebumps everywhere um, when you hear that today, what's what's what what goes on in your own body? Is that is that kind of surreal to sit outside and go? You just you made the most historic call in the 500s history. You will remember, and if you listen closely to the 82 call by Paul Page, um, my call is very similar to his when uh, he had that extremely close finish. But yes, it still gives me uh, chills, and I just again. Don't know who to thank the most for giving me the opportunity to be a part of the radio network and, of course, the closest finish in history, 1992, between Scott Goodyear and Al Unser Jr. What a what a thrill it was. And, yes, I still get cold chills when I hear it uh, on radio or wherever. So have you ever had an opportunity to talk individually with Al Jr. or with Scott about what was going through their head those last few hundred yards? Yeah. Uh, any, any interesting stories that they've told? You? Well, I think that um, the most uh, surprising thing, first of all, we go way back before the race. We used to do a program from the, uh, from the uh, Brick Bar Brickyard Motel called Indy Live. And Allenzer Jr. told me the night before the 92-500, he says, Bob, I have no chance of winning that race tomorrow. I'm just going to get out there and do the best job I can. Really? <laughs> well, what happened? Because <laughs> he did, uh, he did a, a great job. But Scott Goodyear will tell you that he thought sure that he had messed up, if you will, at the north end of the racetrack and pretty much gave the, uh, the race to uh, Allen or Jr. So, yeah, they, they tell a, a great story of how it all came down for them. And there's been more than one time that Scott Goodyear has caught me in a radio studio doing whatever and said, Bob, would you 
re-record that and says, Goodyear wins by just a few tenths of a second, perhaps the closest finish in the history of the Indianapolis 500. It's amazing. <laughs> but I never have. No, until right there, which is pretty awesome, which I know I know he will appreciate to hear that. That is, uh, I, I've talked to Scott, too, where he likes to turn the picture upside down so it looks like, this, yeah. like Scott is crossing the yard of bricks ahead of, ahead of Al Jr. It's, it's certainly one of those iconic moments. You know, one of the things that in your career that I think you, you get an awful lot of credit for is really bringing more than just the race into the home through your work on Speed Week early on. It was really uh, one of the first shows of its kind that really took a race fan and said, okay, what's, how do we get to hear interviews that you might not have gotten on the broadcast, stories that you, that, that you wouldn't get in a broadcast? Talk about how fun that show was because it was a, a and you, you covered everything, short track, IndyCar, NASCAR, Formula One, everything. Right. And Terry Lingner is the person to be uh, thanked for that because he convinced the people at ESPN in the early days that, yes, there was need for a show like that. We started out with four employees doing that show, and we would solicit videotape from various uh, videographers from their particular track that perhaps hosted a race the previous weekend. They would send it that tape or that film to us. We would watch it, we would write stories, we would edit it, and we had only four people. So I think that says some, something for the people that we did hire for that show. And of course, Larry Newber was very much uh, a part of the early days of that race. So yeah, or that uh, show, I should say. It was fun. It's a lot of hours that we put in because uh, when the uh, the tape or the video arrived to us on Monday or Tuesday, then we only had a couple of days to put everything together and get it on the air. But oh, I, I love that program. I still watch uh, reruns of it and can't believe, uh, first of all, how I looked. And secondly, how we got so much into that time frame. <laughs> you know, you mentioned Terry. I had a chance to talk to Terry about those, those early days. And one of the things he said about and you mentioned it there about you is as a race fan we knew all the effort you were putting in at a racetrack over the weekend what we didn't see was all the effort that you didn't get Sunday night off once you got you got on a plane you got home and you were back in the office Monday so it was seven days a week for you and they were 12 to 18 hour days trying to put that together and a lot of that really goes back to the fact you were just so passionate about the sport and you wanted to make sure you told the story correctly to the fans right um, you know we'd usually get finished with that show again if the if the information came into us early in the week we would normally get finished with putting a show together Friday afternoon, and I was due at the next race, stock car race, because of course that's what I was doing back in those days. I had to be at the next stock car venue and leave either on Friday night or early on Saturday morning. So yeah, it was a full week for me and many, many others who worked that show. You know, um, 1990 comes along, you get a phone call to be the voice of the Indianapolis 500. Do you remember how, the, how you learned that you were going to be the next voice of the Indy 500? Well, Paul Page and I had talked, and uh, he had uh, been told, I have heard from Sid, that Sid Collins thought maybe I would be the next person named to the network when there was a vacancy. 
So Paul gave me a call one night and asked me to come over to his uh, condo apartment house. I'm not sure which it was back then. But he popped a bottle of champagne just as I walked in. And I had a real strong feeling what it was. And sure enough, Paul said, congratulations, you're going to be the next member of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Network. We're going to start you on the backstretch position because that's where all rookies started and then moved to other uh, assignments. From the backstretch, I went to turn four and then, uh, as you indicated, became the the voice. So um, any other than... You know the '92 race. Other moments, I mean, being the voice of the Indy 500, that you remember that that were special moments. Well, you know, I have done so many races in my life that everyone seems to run together, except Indy 500s. I can't really think of any specific things that happened during a race. I do remember things that uh, were starting to happen a month or a month and a half before the actual race, and that's when I was being told, congratulations, we again want you to be a part of the Indianapolis uh, 500, whether it be on radio, on the public address, or uh, on television. And I have been lucky enough to serve at all three positions, public address, radio, TV, and... All of them are different, but uh, all of them are uh, are different, but in a in a good way. You get to do, do different things on those various uh, media. So, as a fan and having to work at the same time, you know, one of the most special parts of Indy 500 race day is pre-race. All the pomp and circumstance that leads up to the command to start engines and the green flag to send those 33 drivers on their, on their road to 500 miles and, and immortality, if you will. Um, what's, when you were working, how do you balance that passion that a fan has on race morning uh, with, with the job itself? It's very difficult, at least it was for me in the early going, and really it still is. Because I'm a very emotional person. I can cry at the drop of a hat. But I'll tell you something that makes me cry unashamedly and out loud are the moments, as you indicated, just before the start with the singing of Back Home Again in Indiana, the playing of taps and all the other things that go into those pre-race ceremonies. I get very emotional. I did on radio, I did on television, and in the public address booth, um, a good friend of mine also uh, works in the booth, and we actually uh, give each other a handshake and uh, you know, sort of go like this, indicating the tears are about to start. But that's the way, that's the way it is with me in this place. I, I don't know. I don't know how to, to describe it. You know, we, especially on radio, can say, oh, this is the greatest moment in all of sports, the multicolored cars coming down the uh, straightaway, going into turn number one. You can say that all you want to. It doesn't even come close to describing what it's actually like to watch, especially the start of an Indianapolis 500-mile race and, of course, also the finish. So uh, it, it's indescribable. It really is. It, it is the greatest moment in sports without any doubt, but you've got to see it before you really understand 
what it's all about and what we on radio, TV, and public address try to describe it as. So I kick this off talking about the passion as a fan that you have that fans see it right there is a perfect example of <laughs> what made you so special is because you you lived and believed and felt everything that those 300,000 plus people in the grandstands feel and you were able to if you were missing a race and you had to listen to Bob Jenkins on the radio or you had to watch it watch you do it on TV you knew that that was the next best thing to be in there because those emotions that you felt are are real and, and, and are right there you know um, something that's been fun the last few years for me is we sort of went through a uh, Bob's going to scale back a little bit, but I told Donald Davidson this, and you're the same. It's like the Eagles song in Hotel California. You mm -hmm. can check out, you, but you can never leave. Right. And so we've kept you around because you're so much a part of it and because we love having you because you do such a great job. What's it been like to just come in the last few years and just worry about PA? Nothing else but just sitting there yeah. in the PA booth, having some fun, telling yep. stories. Talk a little bit about that experience. Love to work with uh, Dave Calabro, Dave First, and everybody else who works on the on the public address it is for me uh, it's a relief it, it, that doesn't mean it's easy or that I go into the race on the public address thinking oh this is going to be a pushover and I'll just uh, mail it in no that's not the case I, I'm up for every single lap of the race and um, and can't uh, can't wait for it to come again from year to year well, it's, it's certainly been fun. There's a comfort level, too, of knowing that you have a Bob Jenkins in the corner of the pagoda taking care of making sure that the communication to the fans is there. What a switch gears a little bit and talk about something a little more difficult. Um, you gave me a call over Christmas and uh -huh. you had some, some health issues and yep. and you and I have talked over the last few weeks and felt like it was important to have a conversation with our fans. And as much because sure. you are a fan, yes. um, but more, more importantly because we want the Indian, Indianapolis 500 community to walk alongside you through a little bit of a challenge you're going through right now. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about what you're facing and, yeah. and how as a community um, you need our prayers, you need our thoughts, and we want to walk alongside you. Thank you, Doug. Um, it happened on Christmas night. I awoke with a severe headache. I'll put this in capsule form. I made it to one hospital. They did a CAT scan and then told me that I needed to go someplace else for an MRI because the Crawfordsville Hospital did not do MRIs. The first diagnosis was a stroke. The second diagnosis was we have found two malignant tumors in your right temple and you have brain cancer. But I had colon cancer in 1983 and I survived that and with God's help and my beloved race fans, I'm gonna make it. I don't have a large family, Doug. I have a niece and a nephew. But I consider the first people that I should tell my family and my family is my race fans and people like you who contribute to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and the 500 every year and make it what it is and what it has been since 1911. I'm not going to compare
completely retire, I'm going to say I am cautiously optimistic about working some of the public address this year, but you will not see me or hear me as much as you have during the past few years. I'm going to do all I can because I am going through radiation and chemotherapy to knock this cancer out of my brain. The thing that I can't do, although I do every night, I can't, uh, I can't pray as much as all my race fans out there can do, and I sincerely believe that that is a major, major contribution to how this thing is going to turn out. So thank you, race fans, and everybody here at the Speedwork for your your concern, your prayers. I, I want every one of them, and I'll I'll just uh, never get over how much of a help that that has, is going to be. Well, one of the things that you, you touched on that's so beautiful about the racing community, especially fans, uh, is that we will put you in our prayers. And, Thank you. And you've got a whole group of family that are racing fans here to uh, walk alongside you. And we're definitely, you, you know that that seat in the uh, PA booth is there for you any day you want to come in. And well, even if you, you just want to come in and say hello and don't <laughs> feel like uh, being on the air, we certainly are going to uh, uh, make sure we take care of you. There's nothing like uh, Bob Jenkins' voice to make a race fan feel like they're in the right spot in the month of May when well, they get thank there. thank you, Doug. Um, but thanks for spending a few minutes oh. with us to talk about the history. One of the things, I, well, last thing I do want to touch, we set this up in particular over your left shoulder there mm -hmm. is a ah. the, the, the zinc special bob swikert's car um you actually adopted that car here at the indianapolis motor speedway talk a little bit about uh, your love for that car and why that's a, that why that is a, a special a special piece to you you know i'm not sure i have a good answer for that either i do know that the 1955 500 was the first that i remember hearing on radio and of course bob swikert won the 55 race in the pink zinc. And when I saw pictures of it and the fact that it was pink and the fact that I do like pink, and I just, I don't know, I, I fell in love with uh, the car. Uh, Swikert became one of my favorite drivers. And when I saw this car here in the Speedway Museum and learned of the fact that you could adopt a car, I was first in line for the pink zinc, the winner, of the 500 in 1955 with Bob Swikert. Yeah, well, we were excited to do this here with, uh, with the car over your shoulder. That's certainly a great story. Bob Swikert, <laughs> one of the A.J. Foyt of his era, right? I mean, he could work yep. on cars. He could race anything. Yep, right. Won the Indy 500, and uh, unfortunately, we lost him too soon. But uh, uh, that car is, uh, is an amazing, uh, amazing piece of machinery that uh, it's pretty cool that you have that connection with it. Well, Bob, thank you so much. Can't thank wait you, to uh, see you here in May. We're only 100 days-ish or oh. so from the... Uh, from the running of the, uh, the 105th Indianapolis yes. 500, which is, which is really crazy. So, race fans, thanks for joining us for this special edition of Behind the Bricks with one of our favorite voices and favorite personalities of all time at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway because he shares that love and passion for the Speedway just like we do. Keep Bob in your prayers. We look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you. Wow. There you that go. is touching, Bill, I have to tell you. That was good. It was good. Um, that was amazing. Yeah. So, Bernie, that so, kind of uh, What is the expectation yeah. when we get closer to the race about the number of fans that might be there? there were there any fans last year or no? <laughs> there weren't, were there? Uh, there were none. I do. I think there were going to, but then they they didn't because remember yeah, it spiked up in the yeah. summer. Oh, are they going to hold it on Memorial Day weekend? Are they, yes. are they changing the schedule? Yeah. 
Yeah, oh, they are. They okay. are. Yeah, yeah. Right, I, the only thing is, I, and, and it brings back some memories for me. I used to. My parents could never understand why I would listen because you know in New York City you couldn't hear the race on AM radio that I remember. I used to have to listen to it on WFAS AM in White Plains, New York, and I used to love listening to Sid Collins, and I used to love listening to Howdy Bell, and I couldn't tell you all the other all the people who yeah. did the various terms. I used to love listening, and my dad would say, "But you can't see the cars." And I said, "But the way they describe what's happening on the on the radio, Lou makes Palmer in Victory Lane. You remember Lou Palmer? Yeah. He was I do. Always in Victory Lane. Yeah. And I remember yeah. one time that they had Al Unser's mother on on the radio show, and she said, "I made chili for all the people who are 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 are, 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 are all the drivers and the people for the race." And she, I don't know, I don't remember. I'm I'm not, I'm, I'm almost sure it was that, but I, it was just and, such a great show. Yeah, it was. And it was. Up until the early 80s, you had to listen to it on the radio if you wanted to catch it live because right. ABC ran it at night on tape on a two-and-a-half-hour Yep. You know, I think it was like 82, it, uh, 83. Yeah, I think that's yeah, right. It, it, I think that's right. It was just such a, a radio tradition. I mean, <laughs> everybody yeah. around here listened to it on the radio. You, you didn't even have to know anything about racing. You, Listen. You know, what was the, what was the big station and, that carried it, Bernie? Was it was it one station? Well, WIBC, that they, WIBC was the biggie here, uh, but back in those days, almost anybody, if they wanted to, they could carry it. Oh yeah, and so there were oh, a lot of yeah. states. We had know, several yeah. stations carry it. WXLW, WFBM uh, was now WNDE, WIRE. I think yeah. even once we had WIFE I mean. On in the I FM don't remember them carrying it, but I do remember uh, later WNAP carried it. But yeah, but the point of it is, is that it it was one of those things that people, even though they didn't know anything about racing, didn't care about racing, they would have race parties. You could hear you walk up and down your street, you could hear it in everybody's backyard. Yeah, it was just amazing. Well, and it was on Memorial Day, whatever day that fell on, you know, and uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Memorial Day itself. Yep. And that was special, and, you know, it was just a, a whole thing, you know. And the, the thing I remember, and, of course, when I was a kid, I didn't think anything of it because, hey, I drank milk all the time. Well, now here's the Dairy Queen, and he's gonna, she's going to give a kiss to uh, A.J. Foyt. He's just won the Indy 500. Now he's got his milk. Now I realize he probably wanted a beer, but he got milk. That's what he got. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, well, in Miami, we had a classical station broadcast at WBCG. Wow. That's funny. Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> well, I, and I remember, I remember the, the first when... guy from Brazil. I remember oh, the first guy from Brazil who won, who, who would not drink milk. He, no, he, he just wouldn't. He poured it out. <laughs> just... Oh, well. He wouldn't do it. And, Jeff, now I think we can get I'm to sorry, that you know, station sorry, you've been trying to. I'm going to make sure you're awake. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> He's been trying to get that station on for the past hour. I know. But next is an oldie station from Latrobe, Pennsylvania. You know, Latrobe, Pennsylvania, the home of Arnold Palmer. You know, so that's we're talking right. about yes. the sports and stuff. I but, think um, Pennzoil's there, too. That's, yep, Pennzoil. That's true. Yeah, Pennzoil, because he did Pennzoil commercials. Arnold. Well, this radio station does oldies, and I'll let I'll let you know, we'll just have Bill run it, and we'll let you know we'll let you know if we want to know what you guys think of this. Yeah, here we go. 
Well, thank you very much, Bill. When trying to pick out these featured station segments, I try to find stations that sound interesting. One of the radio stations I found this past week was radio station WCNS-FM in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. The station program's an oldies format, and I know what you're probably going to say. Oh, no, not another oldies radio station, but I like the sound of this radio station. Why? Because they're upbeat and they're positive. Although this is a syndicated format of some sort, the station does sound pretty good, and I think you're going to enjoy the oldies that they play. They play a wide variety of oldies, so why not take a listen to this radio station? So without further ado, sit back and enjoy radio station WCNS-FM from Latrobe, Pennsylvania, on this week's edition of All Things Radio Live. The biggest hits of our generation continue next. This is Gold. Cloudy, low 16. Wednesday, cloudy, northeast breeze. Chance of snow in the afternoon, upper 20s. Snow likely low 20s Wednesday night. Thursday, snow likely early, later cloudy, high 30. Friday, mostly cloudy, highs, upper 20s. Another chance of snow showers Saturday. I'm Radio PA Chief Meteorologist John Weatherby. This is cold. of the 60s, 70s, and more. This is Gold. continue in minutes. This is gold. 
take your order, please? Yeah, we like an order of more music, all the commercials, and uh, what do you guys want to drink? The greatest hits of the 60s, 70s, and more. This is Sing along at workstation. This is gold. Mark Sims, and you're up to date from Radio PA. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of UFC, is putting you in the center of this weekend's title fight. Pick either main event fighter to land a punch during UFC 258, and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 100 to 1 odds. Just bet $1 on either fighter to land a punch, and if that happens, you will cash $100. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code ANDREW when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 if either main event fighter lands a punch on Saturday. That's code ANDREW, A-N-D-R-E-W, for a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Pennsylvania only. Restrictions apply. In partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, Westmoreland County has a home for the songs that bring back the memories. WXGX Apollo, WCNS Latrobe, and worldwide at thisisgold.net. This is gold. Sing along song after another. This is gold.
cloudy, low 16. Wednesday, cloudy, northeast breeze. Chance of snow in the afternoon, upper 20s. Snow likely low 20s Wednesday night. Thursday, snow likely early, later cloudy, high 30. Friday, mostly cloudy, highs upper 20s. Another chance of snow showers Saturday. I'm Radio PA Chief Meteorologist John Weatherby. hits of the 60s, 70s, and more. This is gold. Oldies is heard on radio station WCNSFM in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. I really enjoy this oldie station because they have an upbeat sound and they play a really cool mix of oldies. Now, if you have any comments concerning this part of the program, why don't let me know about it? And as always, I the email just to get in touch with me is Jeff. That's J-E-F-F Jeff at allthingsradio.net. For All Things Radio Live, I'm Jeff Bennett. I'll let you take it over, Jeff. Well, I'm just going to open it up to the uh, to the panel here and... Uh, ask you guys what you guys think so chris i'll start with you and then we'll go to bernie and sean and you know it was good it was good the uh you know the interesting thing was that there was no uh, bob jenkins wouldn't have been happy there were no 50s but there were the 60s and 70s and uh, not much british invasion a little bit but not a whole lot uh, a lot more motown than british invasion i don't know where the uh, how the wow. playlist was selected or whatever but the other thing that was interesting is they only had one ad and all that time for DraftKings, and they had um the weather was and all their news or whatever was sort of put out by uh, PA, whatever that was. That must network. Be something. That's yeah, the, yeah, must... the guys that own that radio station own that network. Okay, because it sounded like something that's sent around the state for smaller towns, and, and that's fine. But oh, it was good. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, uh, Bernie? Well, you know, I'm uh, I'm always looking at things from a programming perspective, unfortunately. Um, and I know that Jeff loves the station, so I do too. But uh, <laughs> you know, if Jeff loves it, I do. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, 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 I mean, there are things I would say about it as well. But go ahead. Oh, uh, see, now don't backpedal. You love the station. <laughs> I do. I do like the station. Go ahead. Okay, good. You should. Um, I found it interesting that first of all, there were no jocks, and yeah. I was a little disappointed in that. Um, I'm always disappointed in that. <laughs> um, but uh, the first thing I noticed is they went. They went from puppy love to war. Yes. Yeah, they did have a girl <laughs> yeah, talk that, for two seconds in between, but yeah, you normally wouldn't do that. That, that would be a little strange. Just, that was the funniest thing I think hey, I've what? ever heard. Although one time when I was doing a Christmas party, I went from Merry Christmas, Darling, to Girls, Girls, Girls by Motley Crue just for fun. Wow. Um, <laughs> but uh, th- there were other things about it, too. They, they were big on sing-along, and... Yeah. Sometimes they would say, you know, the, the station you could sing along to at work. Well, 
I don't want people singing along at work because I'm working. But yeah. <laughs> beyond that, sometimes they would highlight that sweeper and then they would play a song that there's no way anybody's going to sing along to, like <laughs> on the dark side. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I think yeah. they just kind of threw it together a little bit uh, and didn't give a lot of thought to how it would. And most people would never care, you know, but the, the, I just mm. kind of noticed that. Yeah. Well, yeah. One but thing I like it, Hey, hold on. Go, 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 go ahead, Gary, and then then Sean, okay, and then then go to Sean, okay, because he's all he's the he's the youngest guy here. Go ahead, he's a young whippersnapper. But anyway, what they yeah. they did on this station and most stations do this. They say you're home for Motown, soul, rock and roll, and they don't. Uh, you know, they just then they just go into normal format. They don't highlight my home for Motown right. and soul part of it. They don't do that. So yeah. if I were running that, I would. After I was going out of that sweeper with a Motown or a soul song, but nobody does that anyway. But it just it just annoys me when they do that for someone. I love the I love the Bruce Springsteen sound. Was it the Beaver Brown Band? Is that the one, Sean? You know, John yeah. Cafferty, yeah. John Cafferty, and the Beaver Brown Band. Yeah, when I first heard that that song, I said, "That's Bruce Springsteen." That's not Bruce Springsteen, but it's it no, it's not. It was like 1984, John Caprio is in the movie yeah. Eddie and the Cruisers. Right, that I know, but it was just it was a big hit back then. But I just well, I put it in because I always like yeah. I always try when I, when I fe- feature stations sometimes yeah. I like to get listener comment or you know comment about what people think because it's uh, that's what it's yeah. all about. I think it's great that you do that. I do. Yeah. One thing I thought though, I mean, instead of you know, sixties, seventies, and more, you know, the more in the eighties, especially because they had the two eighty songs, like they had the John Cafferty song, and then they and had the U2. Uh, U you two in the name of love. You know, you knew. So why not just say sixties, seventies, and eighties? Well, well, I think because they only more maybe going to do two or three an hour, and they really are want you to realize that it's going to be you know ninety percent sixties and seventies. Yeah, that's okay. That's true. And then, then if they ever wanted to, they could slip a fifties in. But who knows if they ever ever do? Yeah, they they should. Yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You can do a couple eighties and do a fifties. You know, it, it wouldn't and, hurt them. And the weather, I've heard the weatherman before because he used to do. We had a little talk station, and we had the trolldies. He did it here, John Weatherby. I've heard that guy before. Oh yeah, yeah. He's, 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 he's a meteorologist who's all over the place. Weather guy. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's all over the for country. a lot of stations all over. But, he's maybe for, yeah, at AccuWeather because they're not far away from there. So no, he's not. Yeah, he's not an AccuWeather guy. He's an and he's, che- he he's cheaper than AccuWeather. Yeah. AccuWeather is uh, out, yeah, out of State College, Pennsylvania, and right. uh, where Penn State is located. The whole Elliot Abrams and uh, Joe, you know, the whole thing Joe there. Sobel well, there. Joe Sobel was in Chicago when he did it, but. No, he was in but state. I haven't heard. He was in state college. Is Abrams retired because I haven't heard him in a long time. He's retired, and so is Joe Sobel as well, and yeah. Dr. Joel Meyer, of course, is. Oh, Joel uh, Meyer, yeah. yeah, Evan Meyer, Evan Kathy Meyer. Francis. And yeah. who's no, the one? Joe who's Meyer. the one that says Joe they're Meyer. a meteorologist? Which one is oh, that? Oh, that's that Heather's there. She's not even on there anymore. But she says she's a meteorologist. I like no, meteorologist. Well, meteorologist. What kind of a you know? Oh, I, yeah. I need my next cup of coffee. No, I'm just kidding. I had too much too much coffee. <laughs> Not too anyway, much. yeah, that, I need a beer. It was an okay. It was an okay. Yeah, there you go. I, I have I, uh, I have some Labatt Fifty at home for you, Bernie. If you'd like to come I over to my that. place, hey, there you go. Yeah, we'll all be by. But I've listened. I've listened to that station. Though. I mean, it played a good mix. I, spe- I mean, the '70s stuff. You know, I mean. Of course, you don't hear "Don't Call Us." We'll call like you on radio stations. Yeah. Right. Hey, we're running yeah. a little late, guys. Tim, hold on, Tim. Don't, don't, don't. Just take a deep breath. You'll be up next after yeah. the nineteen sixty-three tonight. Good year. If you you like those yeah. early sixties, good good countdown. Oh tonight. yeah. 
Before we go, I just want to thank a bunch of people who normally don't talk on all things radio live and don't normally check in. Al from Cleveland, you haven't been around in a long time. Pierre, right. iPhone Touch. Pierre was whistling for the first time. I've, I've never seen him on all things radio live. Yay. And Pam Drake is back again yep. for a while. I'm glad to hear yep. her again. And, her again. Um, yep. and JT so in Cincinnati. Thank, and yes. And, yep. the, and, and there was a... And, and Bill want, from Chicago. And Bill from Chicago. So I want to just thank all our luck, our wrestlers. And, of course, everybody's welcome to join us on Zoom. We're all things radio live. Thank you, one of the – over to you, Bill. Terry will be back next week. He's at a wrestling tournament. so Right. So he's we'll keeping busy. He won't be quite as long next week. But we had a couple things come up. So <laughs> that's the way it goes. Yeah. And that other caller from Cincinnati was JT. Thank you. JT, yeah. And, um, can I make a, a very quick comment? I think they were – voice track, I think. Oh, of course. Well, they they oh, it was all automated. No, it, was it was all automated. automated. Yeah, they didn't even nice. try to voice track it. It was all automated. No. Oh, right. yeah. I would have given them credit if they voice tracked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Tim's already getting requests, so we better we better, better speed go. this along. And go. here goes your final station, Jeff, and you guys have a good week, and thank you. Have a good one, guys. This week, we're taking our virtual time machine back to February of 1979, and I don't have the exact date on this air check. We're going to listen to radio station WRQX-FM. The station broadcasts an adult contemporary format, and the radio announcer we're going to hear is Stoney Richards. I got to hear Stoney Richards when he worked at radio station WGAR-AM in Cleveland, Ohio, and he also worked in Los Angeles at K-Hits 97.1 in the early 1980s. So without further ado, why don't sit back and enjoy radio station WRQX-FM from the nation's capital on this week's edition of All Things Radio Live. Do you think I'm sexy? Rod Stewart, before that, the Beatles got to get you into my life. And a little Ronstead with all that you dream. 17 after 9 o'clock at FM 107 WRQX. It's getting a lot better. Never thought I'd be so happy to see rain in my life. Uh, but that's what it's doing now. It's raining. And uh, a lot of the roads are clearing up. And traffic is becoming a lot better than it was earlier this morning. If you're just waking up now, you missed all the craziness this morning. And congratulations to you. Also, I would suggest strongly that, uh, you know, just to safeguard the streets, if you could get big sheets of tinfoil and just wrap your streets in tinfoil all over the place, you know, just like you do in a refrigerator, and then in the morning, just peel all the tinfoil back. Put a huge tarp over the city. That's what we'll have to do. 18 minutes after 9 o'clock. Say, that's some pretty fancy finger drumming. SD Corporation has immediate openings in the Washington, D.C. area and nationwide. Call us today at 596-0080. DASD. DASD Corporation is an equal opportunity employer. Hello, you're back on the air. Now, what is going on here with you? Oh, no, you're not doing this. Well, I'm snowed in yeah. my hotel room. You're snowed in in your hotel room. And I've been here since Sunday. <laughs> Where'd you come from? Texas. Texas. Yeah. And I am going crazy. I don't know anybody up here, and I was wondering if I could get you to play a song for me. Sure. Okay, it's on the Debbie Brothers, Minute by Minute. Yeah. And What a Fool Believes. <laughs> <laughs> that minute by minute. Those are my two favorite songs, and I would really like to hear some good music this morning. Well, if you've been listening, you've probably been hearing it. I mean, I want you to say that because otherwise that is a verbal slap. No, no, I have. I really have, all except for about five minutes. I've been listening to you ever since I got up this morning. Well, great. Have you gone? Why did you come to Washington? Well, I was I was sitting up here on my job. 
I see. And this is terrible to be snowed in in a strange city. You know, you don't even know anybody to call and talk, so... Well, come on down to the radio station. You can help out and <laughs> fool around with us. Oh, no, no. no. <laughs> okay, we'll play Doobie Brothers, and you keep in touch, and I'm sure you'll be out of your hotel room in no time well, at all. listen, thanks a whole lot for talking to me. Okay, have a great time. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Come on, come on, and taste a real good time. Come on and taste a real good time at Bally's. It doesn't cost a lot to taste the best we've got. Everything tastes fresh here. The menu's the best here. Come on and taste a real good time at Bally's. Go on down to Bally's and register to win the actual Daytona 500 pace car. This beautiful limited edition Pontiac Trans Am is the grand prize in Bally's Super Sweepstakes. Other prizes include vacations for two at the fabulous inn at Indigo in Daytona, Florida, 1,000 Bally's gift certificates, and 300 model replicas of the actual pace car by the Erdo Company. No purchase necessary, so go on and register today at any of the 30 Bally's locations. Come on, come on, and taste a real good time. Come on, and taste a real good time in Valley. When I have a sore throat, I don't feel like myself. I just hope that she's not from Dallas, because, you know, the thing between the Redskins and the Cowboys, I wouldn't normally believe be able to do this, but you're too nice to be from Dallas. And everybody stuck in their hotel rooms, or any room of that sort. These are Doobie Brothers on RQS. Keep from Brothers, what a fool believes. <laughs> a girl that called from Dallas, from Texas, in her hotel room may think that she hasn't got a friend in this city. Well, I just got a slew of male phone callers who would love <laughs> to help you out and be friends with you. 925 at FM 107 WRQX with more of Washington. Here's Crosby, Stills, and Nash. It's getting to the point. and a sentimental lady before that Crosby, Stills and Nash and Sweet Judy Blue Eyes Judy Collins uh, the song the person that song is dedicated to she's coming out with a new album and she has a new album out and there is a full uh, nude picture of Judy Collins who is uh, 40 years old and says she has found herself and said that she thinks that she can show herself best to her audience by doing it in the nude she hadn't planned to do it but uh, it just kind of came out that way she says it's not any promotional kind of a thing or any kind of a gimmick she just felt more comfortable like that and uh, although i have not seen the album yet from what i understand it's very nice and very tastefully done it's 9 36 got some rain in washington up to around 45 today into the 50s tomorrow raining now in 36 degrees good morning 9 38 and i've got another pair of tickets to go see beatlemania at the warner theater this friday and join us afterwards at the cast party to win all you have to do is be my 10th color at 432-1073 at WRQX. Harold Bauer 
is going to be at Beatlemania with us this Friday, February 23rd at the Warner Theater. He won himself a pair of tickets, and after the show, he gets to join us at the cast party. Errol Maurer of Greenbelt, Maryland, my 10th caller and the winner this morning. We have more for you. Keep listening to FM 107 WRQX. Here's Billy Joel. on earth give me royalties for playing this song a stupid little joke that i like to say every time i play that record george harrison and uh, give me love and before that uh, billy joel give me my life and delvis costello with oliver's army like that you know who he reminds me of and i i really don't mean this in a derogatory way but he reminds me of freddie and the dreamers does anybody remember Freddie in the Dream? He, I, for some reason, the way he looks, the way he acts, I don't know. I saw Dinah Shore yesterday. I was watching Dinah Shore. <laughs> Nothing else to do, right? And she had Gary Busey on, the guy that plays Buddy Holly in the Buddy Holly story. He's a he's a neat person. He really uh, he's 33 years old and loves rock and roll and um, quite an intelligent actor. Mount Vernon Place Methodist Church activities have been canceled today. Uh, Northern Virginia Dental Society meeting has been canceled. Bishop Dennis J. O'Connell Boosters Club of Arlington Night with the Coaches meeting has been canceled. Oh, what else? Fairfax Hospital Maternity Tour and Weight Control Program have been canceled. International Club Cocktail Party at uh, the Reedshaw Steakhouse has been canceled. <laughs> have to drink at home, I guess. What else is Benjamin B. French Masonic Lodge, canceled. Monthly meeting of the D.C. United Way, canceled. Ah, the Scottish Country Dancing at Ben Merch School this evening has been canceled. And the Softville, uh, Softball Clinic at Surrattsville uh, Senior High has been postponed till next Wednesday. Uh, a lot of dentists' meetings being canceled today. The Prince George's Dental Assistance meeting has been postponed. Hi, Bill. What's going on with you? How is it coming in? You know, I talked to somebody, McLean, and she said it was really crazy out there. She said it was still icy uh, and that, you know, it may be okay here in the district, but she said out in the suburbs it ain't so hot. But I said, hey, in McLean, people are rich. You can buy your own road. Yeah. You can buy sun. Sure, sure. Well, I just stopped by to tell you that um, I'm not coming in today because I've been canceled. Oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> Washington to break out of your wintertime blues. You're about to smile and laugh and sing and clap and stomp and have the time of your life as Arena Stage presents the world premiere of Tin Types, a moving, rollicking, singing, dancing, ragtime review in the cabaret old bat room. Here are the songs that started a musical love affair with America that has never stopped. Ida, sweet as apple cider, Yankee Doodle, St. Louis Blues, you're a grand old flag after the ball and devil my baby, hello, my honey, hello, my ragtime gal. <laughs> it's a wonderful, song-filled, fun-filled evening in Arena's old bat room, and you can eat and drink and enjoy yourselves to your heart's content. Tintypes, an unforgettable ragtime review. Call 488-3300 now, as seating is limited, and we dare you not to come out singing. Yes, Tintypes starts Friday at Arena Stage, where you can also see Loose Ends. For reservations, phone 488-3300. And it is now 9.52. You got Jackson's sale. Prices good through Sunday, February 25th. 
Jim Vance. This week, New Center for continues its series on human sexuality. Dr. Pat Edmister gives serious answers to sensitive questions on fantasies and fetishes, prostitution, transsexuality, and how to improve your sex life. It's a Monday through Friday series you ought to see. This week, New Center for 11 p.m. on Channel 4. that you own a rubber goods factory? Yeah, I, uh, I, would, I want to talk about uh, fetishes and fantasies now. Oh, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I have this thing about a little hat, actually. Uh, the man in the green hat? Well, no, it's not exactly It's not exactly a green... Oh, it can be any color, really. It's a little hat without a brim. Oh, no, don't tell me that blonde disc jockey is looking for my fans again. Gosh, these people are just calling us, and we're sitting here talking on the phone, and we don't know that the record's over. How long has this been over? About 20 minutes now? Okay, wonderful. Uh, the Fez. We paid the bill. Yes, the Fez from Steely Dan, from the, from the Royal Scum. Hey, I wonder. I got a question. So, uh, you, know, you know what I wonder? What? I wonder, wonder, oh, who? But, oh, do, do. Who, wrote who wrote a book of love? I don't know. Hey, no. you know what I wonder? I wonder, before they had telephones, what did radio stations do for did contests? Did they take telegraphs on the air? <laughs> I'm sorry, you're the fifth telegraph operator. No, I don't know what they did, Bill, uh, and I don't care. Me neither. What, uh... We got uh, we got a lot of closings coming in today. People want to know about that. You want to know about all the closings, or you you don't care? No, I don't. I don't care. I, mean, I don't. Well, care. I mean, what, yeah. you want to read this list, or do you want to? Oh read man, it? we have you know just books. We're putting it in the hard cover. Yeah, We're gonna have it out yeah, at the Walton uh, Books by tomorrow morning. Give you a partial uh, list. You know, I, I, one thing I got to mention, and this is I think this is kind of a neat idea because you know we got rain now, and we're gonna have a lot of melting. A beautiful blonde just walked by. Oh, it was one of our engineers, <laughs> Joel. Uh, <laughs> um, Dig, dig around the sewers, find the sewer by your house, and dig that, dig the snow out of there, and, and then make go channels. For a little dip. No, and make channels, you know, so that the water can run off. Because otherwise, you're going to have a lot of standing water. Hey, good idea. Mm-hmm. Good idea. You're regular, you're regular, helpful hint handyman. Hey, type, huh? you know, I'm just a wild kind of guy. I'm disgusted with that whole thing. Did you see the last Rolling Stone? Steve Martin got his first bad review. No, what happened to him? Well, they told, they said that his album wasn't so hot, the second album. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I found really interesting was that uh, he is selling, you know, the arrows that he wears on his head? Yeah. The rabbit ears? Yeah. And all that stuff? Mm-hmm. He's selling them. He's selling them on yes. the street? Yes. I thought it was this guy you in can, boots and a white suit with, with white fish hair, in his pocket. Yeah, standing at Wisconsin Avenue, right at Western, and he has this whole bunch of arrows, and he's stopping motorists, and he's asking them if they want to buy them for a dollar. That was the guy. That was the guy. Can you hear this? No. So, what else is new? <laughs> These stupid earphones leak right on the air, don't they? I'm trying to pull a fast one at all the phones. Houses are leaking, too. You know, roofs and things like that are, are leaking. And I think what we we, um, we should do is um, is uh, go uh, caulk our houses today. I think so, too. Have I, a house caulking party. I think, you know, Washington is overdue for something like that. Maybe hold it at the Kennedy Center because that is the granddaddy of all leaky roofs. In any event, I'm going to go home, and, and uh, Bill is next, and Joseph Briano coming in with the phone in his car, and uh, we'll tell you everything that's going on in this town. So... You need to go no farther than FM 107 WRQX Washington. We got it all for you. Thanks for listening. Back tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock. Here she comes right, rolling it down the line.
Well, there you go. Radio station WRQX-FM from Washington, D.C. in February of 1979 with the radio announcer, Sony Richards. Now, if you have any comments concerning this part of the show, why don't let me know about it by email. The email address here is Jeff. That's J-E-F-F Jeff at allthingsradio.net. For All Things Radio Live, I'm Jeff Bennett. This concludes another All Things Radio Live. Join us every Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern for the latest radio news, interviews, caller questions and comments, station scopes, and more. Visit the show's official website at www.allthingsradio.net and visit the Legend website at legendoldies.com. Join us again next week for another All Things Radio Live on the Worldwide Legend.